Hello, I'm Fenya. I'm Susanna. And I'm Nick, and we probably shouldn't be friends. That's because we're from different places and we come at issues from different angles. Me, I'm a gay, mixed-race, working-class bloke. Boxes ticked. And I'm a traditional Catholic woman living as an immigrant in a very liberal country. And I'm a climate protester turned riot police. But what we all have in common is we're looking to figure out what the hell is going on in the world and how we navigate it. And we'll talk about everything from politics to dating, from mental health to nutrition. We'll look at history and current affairs for inspiration and we'll share stories from our own lives. All topics and viewpoints will be welcome, so if you're easily offended, switch off now. How are we girls? Good, how how are you Fenya? Yeah, good. Nick? How's it going? Yeah, really good. So the documentary ended up bringing up a lot of interesting themes um, over the course of making it. So we thought it would be worthy to do an episode where we talked about it in a little bit more detail. Um, We went into the documentary thinking that um, this was all going to be about the money. So we thought that the research was going to say that and the creators that we ended up speaking to. The only things that we could find in mainstream media was saying this is an easy way to make money, lots Mm. of people getting rich... Um, so there many. are some negative sides to it, but on the whole, it's worth it. You should do it. That's the kind of mainstream narrative. Well, I don't think the, ma- the mainstream media were really representing that there were any negatives to it. I think most of them seem to be presenting this sort of idea that anybody can go on it, anybody can make millions, you don't need any qualifications, and it's really freeing and liberating for women to go on these kind of sites. And then what we found out was actually a lot of people went there for self-esteem reasons. And then to a, well, I won't say normal person, but someone who maybe doesn't have those motivations, you think, well, how can that sustain your your self-esteem? Because to me, I think I would get meaning out of finding a partner or my friends or my family. So to think that I would then get validation within myself for going online and stripping naked and getting followers didn't quite make sense. But that's what happened, wasn't it, Venya? Yeah, well, we spoke to, to two girls, one who was looking to get onto OnlyFans. And one, Ikshita. Yeah, Ikshita. And then there was Trudy, who was already on OnlyFans. And both of them seemed to suggest that the money didn't really have an impact on their decisions whatsoever, which obviously really surprised all of us and kind of changed the whole angle of the documentary. And there wasn't really scope in the documentary. We only had 10 minutes. But when we spoke to Daniel about the idea of it all being about self-esteem, he did point out to remember that, yes, but they are doing it behind a paywall. So then the money must come into it somehow. Um, But for some reason, the women we spoke to didn't want to represent it as about the money. For me, when we were going into it, I I already thought that a lot of the women would be on there for self-esteem reasons or for attention. But I thought that they would want to present themselves as... Mask it as being uh, financial gain. For the the money, yeah. I didn't think it was going to be at such a deep level, though. I thought it might be like, I like the attention. But for some, like especially Ikshita, it seemed like, and Trudy, it seemed like a real craving to be loved, but from a distance. And to receive it all, but not have to give it. Yeah, sort of to be worshipped, I think. Yeah, 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 exactly that. To me, it seems slightly from a different angle. It seems that... They want to have the benefits of a relationship or the benefits of love and kind of connection without any of the risks. That's what yeah. it seems to me more than more than the desire to be worshipped. It's kind of that I can control I can control this, therefore you cannot hurt me. And that's just not true. Mm. And we found that, that not to be true. Yeah, um, I'd say it definitely sounded like that was what yeah. Trudy was after. Because she sounded like she'd had some bad experiences in the past and all of that kind of stuff. So she just she, she wanted felt, to be in control i think she felt from the way she spoke especially when she said they're not getting it for free anymore it was this 
resentment and almost that, that there was yeah. someone that men had been taking from women in a way that was unfair and so women were reasserting their authority and trying to equal the playing field i think but you can't you can't fight inequality with inequality and abuse mm-hmm. with abuse fenya was the one who came up with the idea so I, I don't know if you wanted to talk a little bit about why you you wanted to go along th- those lines like is it because there's a greater theme in society that's bothering you at the moment and you thought, oh, this was a good vehicle to explore it? Um, Well, to be honest, it was based on a couple of things that I had sort of read in the media. The first was an article about a grandmother who had just gone on to OnlyFans um, to pay for her bills after the cost of living crisis. And I just thought it was such a weird article. She was saying that it was so empowering for her and that she felt so great. And her daughter was coming on saying that she was really proud of her mum basically becoming a porn star, which I just thought is such a weird... If this article had come out 10 years ago, everyone would have been like, what is going on? Mm -hmm. And then it was also, there was a survey that was released saying that there'd been a decline in Christianity. So I think when that came out, I just kind of... I was wondering whether there was kind of a link between the decline in Christianity Mm -hmm. and in the traditionally, classically Christian morals of the Mm -hmm. UK... And this increase in sex work, which has always been considered immoral in this country. Do you think we you answered those questions? Uh, yes and no. I mean, I was sort of steered away from going down those lines, mm. I think, for fear of offending a few people. Yeah. And for fear of coming across as sort of maybe supporting Christianity too much, maybe trying to plug it, which yeah. is not what I'm trying to do because I'm, I'm not even Christian myself. I think what you were getting at and I, I do think we proved especially with Trudy and and with Ikshita that there's this idea now that there is no moral guide that we have to adhere to so it's free it's, it's, a, it's a free-for-all mm. you create your own and it's that's the conflict that we that yeah, yeah. exactly I, I do think we you we did answer that question in a way maybe not explicitly but implicitly from from the documentary I think people are defining things for themselves figuring things out and then we had we ended up speaking to like Pierre Matthews who is like well we we could be going through a, a, into a dark path here we don't know the full consequences of what we're doing I think the interesting part of that um that kind of idea that consequences be damned is it only counts as long as the consequences don't impact me like mm. those people as as soon as someone does something that they count as traumatizing to themselves that mindset goes out the window because you have hurt me. But mm. I'm okay to do things that impact other people negatively. And that's where I have a bit of a... And society. I yeah. mean, and society, well, society... And, but people, the people. thing is, people will say to you about that, well, I'm just worrying about me. But as Pia brought... Yeah. yeah, exactly. As Pia brought in, no, we have the ability to influence others. And we do that through our actions. We all know we're in our 20s. How many of you, when you have a joke about maybe being a bit short for money one month, oh, just go on OnlyFans? It's something we all say because it's been implanted into us from somewhere. It, well, no, I've not you, because you know you're, yeah. you're 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 a repressed Christian woman. No, I'm joking. <laughs> um, but like, I've definitely said it. Yeah, you've said it. I've, I've joked about it with my friends. Like, mm. I've genuinely had thoughts about it in the past. I don't think I'd ever do it because I'm a massive prude. I mean, I was around a friend's house the other day, and her 13 year old brother was openly saying in front of their mum, like, "Oh yeah, maybe I'll just sell feet pics." Mm. And it's just like that. It's so important to realise that these ideas seep down. And so we do need to think, you know, as citizens, we have rights and responsibilities, don't we? It's kind of that living for self only ideology where you care about other people doing things that harm you. But when you turn it the other way, you're like, well, no, because I'm living my true authentic self. Are my actions harming other people 
And I think that's something that's missing in that kind of, mm. it's only about me and my truth and my authentic experience and my authentic self and my lived experience. Well, no, we don't live in isolation. It's not Trudy's world. Mm. It's not Nick's world. It's not Fenya's world. It's our collective mm. society. But then what's interesting is, is that you can kind of create your own reality when you do a job like this. Oh, Daniel yeah. was saying that it's alienating lonely work because you're working on your own and you're in a yeah. bubble. Yeah. You know, you don't you don't experience the consequences of what you're putting out. You think you have this connection with your followers, but they're very well aware that you're only talking to them because they're paying. And they're going to get bored if you don't put out the right amount of content, um, content, if you don't put it out regularly enough. If the stuff that you're doing, a lot of people watch pornography and then they get bored because it's the same thing over and over again. So then they turn to more hardcore stuff. Mm. And then if you're not willing to up your sort of levels then they're going to get bored of you, you're going to lose followers. and Well, that's it, because uh, uh, people who got on OnlyFans in the beginning, it was probably quite a lucrative thing to do. But um, as w- we found out when we spoke to Daniel, more and more people, it's a basic su- demand and supply uh, sum, the more people that come on, the less money everyone makes. Mm. And so we ended up finding out to our shock, wasn't it? That was $180 was the average monthly earning of an OnlyFans creator. Yeah, which is not very much at all. That's no. less than a part-time job. Yeah, so <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. and there was a lot of labour involved, wasn't there? Yeah, awful lot of labour. A lot more than, say, if you did just have a bartending job at the weekends. Mm. Yeah, so it definitely can't be about the money aspect because mm. people aren't making money off it on generally. On the scale that so is presented. Yeah. In one thing that Daniel <laughs> brought up that um, we haven't managed to put into the documentary because we didn't have enough time was how OnlyFans came about. So if we actually remember... It wasn't really a thing before COVID. So at COVID, when everyone's at home, and as he says, um, entry-level jobs have disappeared. You know, the shops aren't open, the cafes and bars aren't open all over Europe and and in the Western world. And people think, well, I'm I'm at home, virtual. I can go and do this thing. And I wonder if people were still going, having to go to work every day, and were out amongst normal humans. Do you think you would be able to cross that barrier? What I'm saying is more like you're at home alone. And you're in your own little zone in this lockdown. The idea of the consequences of going on OnlyFans feel further away because you're not in society when you decided to cross that line. Yeah, I completely get what you mean. I struggle to relate because my lockdown was very different to most people's and I basically had a normal life. It has impacted society more than people do realise. I think people sort of thought, oh, lockdown's over. It's Everything's going to go back to normal but, I mean, there's there's been a few studies, I can't remember off the top of my head, but I was listening to it on another podcast in this morning. People have less and less friends now. Men on average, I think it was. I think it said, like, 23% of US men said that they had one friend or less. Mm. And this was all, like, post-lockdown statistics. Yeah. So I just... I've heard similar things, yeah. Yeah. So I just think that, well, I suppose if you're completely isolated and you've got no one to talk to and you've got no friends like it's going to alter the way you look at things and it is gonna i think we we went and saw it from a female perspective but i do think you know that we have the two sexes and we need to think about from the men's perspective and yes women are able to well actually it turns out not make that much money but these women who do this say they're happy with it and if we choose to believe them it's very value fair enough but what about men like surely it must be damaging to you to feel that you have to pay to have this, I mean, Trudy said we didn't manage to put that in the documentary either, did we? But Trudy was saying how she believed that she had more of an effect on her clients and therapists. Mm. It was spir- and we did put in there was spiritual work that she said. 
but the idea that these men aren't fully aware that they're paying and the only reason that she's talking to them is because she's paying. Like, I can't imagine that that must be very um, fulfilling for you emotionally and spiritually. I think what Fenya said gets to the heart of the problem. We are made for relationships, whether Mm. they're friendships or... Social creatures. Social creatures, yeah. We're made for relationships. We need them. And we are getting to a point where people are dehumanizing themselves and capitalizing their Mm. relationship. It's not a real relationship if you're paying me because you're paying... One person is in it to make money, to use the other person. It's not a real relationship. It's a relationship of use and abuse. So you're saying there's certain things that you shouldn't be able to pay for. You shouldn't be able to buy. Well, I'm not saying you shouldn't be able to buy certain things. I'm saying... Some things shouldn't be up for sale. It's not a relationship. These people are craving and looking for relationships and care and love, like we said in the beginning, Mm -hmm. but they're going to places that just use and abuse. Whether you're male or female paying for the content, then you're using that person to satisfy your craving Mm. You know, as a transactional thing, it's dehumanizing that person because you're not seeing the whole of them. And on the you other know? side, too, if you're creating the content and selling yourself, you're dehumanizing both because both sides mm. deserve better than that they're getting on OnlyFans or whatever other pornography site there is, whether it's free or paid for. It goes beyond OnlyFans. It goes to the broader question of pornography. Pornography is a way for us to use and abuse each other and distort natural human relationships. Mm. This didn't even come up in a documentary because we didn't have enough time. But there's so much abuse and human trafficking that goes on in the pornography industry that people just look over because you're only looking at the product on your screen to satisfy your immediate sexual needs, let's say, Mm. or cravings as a better word than needs. So we've stopped looking at each other with love and care and kind of wanting the best for each other. We're looking at each other of what can I get out of you to satisfy my immediate cravings. It's kind of changed... We've taken the the human out of... Of relationships yeah. and we relationships are so transactional now. We're on a road it's where everything's commodified. Yeah. So you know, I've got this, you've got that, right? Transaction. Mm. So I'm not saying that in every scenario. Yeah. Is no, what I, I meant more. Sorry, it's a trade. It's yeah. like it's it's. Yeah. And, but we use money to do that trade, isn't it? It's not we having a spiritual, sensual, emotional connection here. It's very much take what I want and go. Yeah. And I don't care what effects it has on you because I got what I wanted. And if you're there suffering on the floor, well, I may as well just walk away because it's nothing to do with me. I've paid for my bit. It makes me sad because being a human is not always easy and you need people that are going to be there for you when you have nothing to offer. If you feel like you have nothing to offer, society is telling you you're not worth of being in relationships. It's kind of moving along that message that if you if you haven't got anything lucrative to offer, you're not worth, you're just taking mm. out space. You're not worth anything. Your worth mm. comes from what you bring to the table. And that's just not true. It's very dog eat dog, isn't it? Well, it's very, I don't know how to describe it. It's yeah. just, it's just. It's, it's a cynical it's a, view it's of life. It's a disordered life. view of, it's a disordered view of yeah. human nature. I, I think one thing, theme that emanated when we were investigating this documentary, I felt very sad. Oh, yeah. 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 It, yeah. It was quite a sad experience. And it really made me go off the porn industry. Mm. So I've never had issues with pornography in no, the past. No, me neither. I've always just experienced it as something that is part of life. Every normal for our generation. Normal, yeah, like yeah. Ev- everybody seems to, to watch it. and But porn stars before were so far away and nobody mm. thought about them. And I went to a school... I went to school with a girl who became a porn star on Pornhub and that was like a big shocking thing. 
And I think really? what what's happened now is with OnlyFans, people have become porn stars and it's so accepted mm-hmm. and generalised. And the sex industry is so hard to regulate. Yeah. It will never be regulated because every is such a grey area. Mm. Like in the UK, prostitution mm. is legal, but soliciting isn't. So it's just yeah. like such a grey area. It can't be regulated, and it means that it's rife with crime, it's rife with abuse, it's rife with trafficking. But also, this change is, I mean, in a weird defence of the porn industry, at least when it was porn stars and they made videos, it was an industry and you worked with people and there was support there, I imagine. With OnlyFans... You're doing it all by you're, yourself. You're doing it all on your own. There's no support there. And if it goes wrong... Who do you, who have you got to turn to? But even in the traditional porn industry, if you if you speak to people who used to be in it, there might be instances of other people who support you. But it's the same thing on on OnlyFans. You can connect with people. There are people in the porn industry that make good money. They've done it for a long time, and they're happy with what they do. And there's like I think that's more the exception. That, yeah, but yeah, what exactly the point I was trying the point I was trying to make is not that the porn industry is great. The point I was trying to make is that you're on your own <laughs> completely. When it comes to OnlyFans, it's even further. It's even further isolating you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There's no way to through the events to go and find a friend, or you know, a lot of girls who move to Hollywood to do porn, they'll all live in a house together. Now, I'm not saying it's great, but at least you might find someone yeah. to share this experience with. Yeah, and, and OnlyFans, you don't have that. Mm. It's just another example of just the atomization and being alone. It's yeah. alter, to me, it's ultimate personification of a loneliness. loneliness yeah. I don't know why it's being propagated in society that you will be happy when you're fully independent and fully autonomous and mm. fully alone because that's just mm. complete opposite of truth. You will not be happy when you're lonely and fully autonomous and separate from society because we need connection and we need relationships. And I don't know why it's being pushed so much. Like mm. I can't understand why it's being pushed so much. That's what OnlyFans does. Is it's it creates that opportunity, let's say, for mm. you to autonomous, quote unquote. Well, the barriers to doing it aren't very high. Exactly, because and you're not you're not <coughs> doing it in person. And we found that through Daniel that going onto OnlyFans does it not is not typically a gateway to going to in person. And yeah. so the costs aren't very high. The barriers to doing it aren't very high. And I don't think you can judge the consequences. You know, oh, if I'm going to go and stand on the street corner tonight. Well, there's a wealth of stories of what could happen to you. Yeah, it's much more physically dangerous, but there are still dangers of mm. going online. I mean, yeah, there's all sorts yeah. of harassment, stalking. People can find out all sorts of things mm. about you online as well. Like You're likely yeah. to be doing a lot of promotion if you're on OnlyFans and you're successful on OnlyFans, which means that you're giving out a lot of information that you don't want people to find out. Yeah, And then people start doxing and all sorts, yeah. and then like, people can find out where yeah. you're Yeah, and, the, and arg- the argument that you know, this is a very safe way to practice sex work. But the problem is, with the advent of OnlyFans, you're moving, you're luring it in, you're moving it into the mainstream. It was on that we have a clip in the documentary of Eamon Holmes from this morning, Mm. before the watershed, (laughs) this morning, talking Talking about about leaving the police and going on and becoming a millionaire from making your own porn on OnlyFans. And, well, there's nothing more mainstream than this morning, is there? Yeah, <laughs> it's become so widely accepted in society. It is bizarre. It is like an episode of um, yeah. Black Mirror. Black Mirror, yeah. that's yeah. the one. And I think the takeaway that we want our listeners to have from that documentary is 
to ask the questions that, as Susanna says, I don't know why they're pushing. Why are they pushing yeah. it? To what be a bit more forward thinking as well about what the consequences are if you do choose to go on it, how it's going to impact you long term and how it's going to impact society. And if you're in your 20s, now you in 10 years, you might have kids. Like, and the, the truth of the matter is most people do not make much money. If someone said to you, put your pictures out there for everyone to see forever for $180, do you think you'd cross that line? Because I don't think I would. Absolutely. Oh, well, and you wouldn't, no. would you, friend? You yeah. said in doc. <laughs> <laughs> I think sometimes people don't respect their bodies. They say it's body acceptance, but it's the opposite of body acceptance because you don't respect your body enough to, to acknowledge how precious and valuable it is and it shouldn't be accessible for, to anyone for any reason. Like, a stranger shouldn't have access to your body without your permission. And that's what the internet facilitates in this way, is that you put that picture on there, you don't have control on who sees it, and you open the door for anybody to have access to your body, which should be the most precious and private part of your being. And it should be reserved, like a bit like Pia said, for the person in your life that you choose to give it to and, and um, share it with. And I think sometimes people don't realise immediately the effects this has on you as an individual as well, that in your own mind it devalues the value of your body, kind of separates your, let's say, being from mm, your body. And that's, body. Not, and that's not the yeah. truth. Of but that's very much the modern life. Yeah. Now, we have somehow decided to divorce mind from body in the modern in the modern world and then we live more and more virtually now we have to remember no matter how much we move into this digital age the real reality will always matter we will always have a reality we won't always have a virtual and you need to think about what what real world relationships do i have if my computer dies or there's a big power cut what do i have what do i have Who's going to be there for me if I find out that my mum's got cancer? Like, who's going to be there for me if I lose my job? Mm. You know, the metaverse won't be. Yeah. <laughs> Mark Zuckerberg will be there. <laughs> but yeah. this uh, really made me emotional when P.O. was talking about divorcing the mind from the body because I thought it's so important to realise that our body is our reality. Our body yeah. is our spirit. You can't separate them. Think about how you feel after you've exercised because that's important. Well, that's what keeping, taking care of your body yeah. boosts your mind and that shows you how intrinsically linked they are. It's your body. It's physical and metaphysical. You can't deny that. Once you start thinking about it, at least a smidge, you can't deny that the physical and metaphysical are connected. It's just the truth. Like All of human history, people have understood that. We're just starting to kind of use different things to blind ourselves to that reality because it's sometimes difficult to accept that and it come it makes it difficult that i'm not in fully in control of everything and i'm not fully in control of other people i'm not fully in control even of my own body that things that happen in my body that i can't change yes that's just reality well trudy would just say shut up and get down (laughs) on your knees (laughs) and i say to trudy i pray for you trudy (laughs) (laughs) i'm on my knees praying bless you But I think it kind of highlighted that people often illustrate this as a joyful thing and as an empowering thing. But everybody that we've spoken to that's in this industry is not joyful and doesn't feel empowered. No, there's overwhelming sadness coming from them. Sad and depressed and kind of... They've all come from a place of abuse. Desperation mm. is the mm. word that always screams at me. N- yeah. Not in a nasty way, but just yeah, not in, in a, a real way. way. Like you're craving something so you're willing to do anything. That kind of, you know, desperation. You're willing to do anything. Give up the most private part of your life. 
to get that affection, you're just doing it in the wrong way. It almost, when I listened to Trudy, I mean, I don't know because I didn't ask her directly, but I got the sense that she was used in such a way, and she has a semi-successful relationship, it seems like now, that it's almost like she needed to stay with that toxicity of someone Abusing. buying, uh, yeah, like using her body. It seemed like she didn't want to let that go because she was used to it, almost addicted mm. to it. She wanted to stay in that swamp. Mm. And so I think what we wanted to show with that documentary was that OnlyFans is not the silver bullet that everyone seems to think it is. Yeah. Um, I think we did that quite successfully. Um, and that, you know, for a society to work, we need to be able to put in the hard graft and build something, uh, create something. At the end of the day, if you're just living off your body, you're not creating a legacy or something. You're not building anything. And it's, it's not productive. It's got a time limit. Yeah, it's got your a time limit. Gonna like, so long. It's going to start yeah, aging. Yeah. It's like, if you get injured, that's it. Your career, your life yeah. is gone. Yeah. So it's... There's just yeah. so many risks. What you think is, we can all take our clothes off. Yeah. Not all of us can cr- build roads. Not all of us can create medicine. Not all of us can create brilliant podcasts. <laughs> <laughs> I think that's a good point. I, I didn't think of, it's quite. It's actually quite insulting to the human intellect because yeah, yeah. they they have potential that they're not willing to explore. Yeah, it's too easy. Yeah. And I don't. Th- the problem is, if everyone in society did that, where would we get our food from? Where would we get our technological advancements from? We wouldn't. Well, they wouldn't even be able to work. Where would the econo- <laughs> Where would economic growth come from? Yeah. There would be That's none. That's the thing as well, is, is moving away from hard work, which I've noticed yeah. a lot, being a police officer in young people, they don't want to work hard anymore. Mm. Like, the criminals are getting younger, mm. and they just want the newest trainers, they want the coolest stuff, and they don't want to work hard for it. They don't want mm. part-time jobs. They don't want... We're an entitled to go out and develop their CVs and go to school and develop their skills and stuff like that. They just want money and they want it now. And I think you can either turn to in our society, Mm. you can turn to drugs, or you can turn to prostitution and pornography. And I think it's yeah, it's sad that I feel a lot of our younger people have lost a lot of work ethic. And I know it does it does. But I think it's not come just down to, to I don't think it's all down to laziness though. I also think it's down to the they're not challenged growing up so they don't know what they're capable of. They don't have the confidence. And so they think, well, I'm never I want to live a comfortable life. I'm never going to be able to go out there and make that for myself. So I know I'll do the easiest thing, which is take my clothes off. See, I I would disagree with that. Because I think okay, yeah, we live think? in very much a generation where we're told we can do whatever we want. Mm. We can be whatever we want. We have the no world is our oyster. Mm. Yeah. We've got no responsibilities. We're but do you not think behind... Don't say the word no. Yeah, I and agree with all of that. But do you not think behind all of that is they've never experienced real world, they've never experienced challenge and difficulty and persevering through it. So the idea that you come up against a hurdle, now they'll just shirk I suppose, from that. Because yeah, they've never had to... Yeah. You've, you know, like... For me, one thing I remember is like I, when I say like for an easy example, my dissertation, I never thought I wanted to do a documentary. I never thought I'd be able to do a dissertation. And um, because of COVID, they cancelled the fact that we were doing a documentary in my module. So I had to do a dissertation a year later than everyone had started working on theirs as well. 
But I'm, I had to do it and I decided to rise to the challenge and I did do it and I got first. So the idea, you have to have faith that you can do things that in that moment you don't quite think you can do. You have to be able to rise to challenges. And I think a lot of this generation have never had to because what we do is we go, ah, oh, we need this amount of people to get an A star this year. Oh, they haven't quite performed so well. We'll lower the grade boundaries. Or, ah, oh, there's people in this class that aren't pulling their weight. We'll put them with the smart ones so that they can carry them. Do you know what I mean? And so you don't have the confidence to meet a challenge when you get in the real world and no one's going to hire you if you can't do something. I think there's a lot of mollycoddling going on as well. Mm. Where when I was 15, 16, I got my first job and I've worked ever since. This is the longest I've gone without having a paid job. And that's because I've saved enough that I can come here and I can study. And take the so, risk. Yeah. Believe in yourself. But it's... Now, nowadays, I've, I've noticed, I'm not saying that this is every family, but a lot of kids just get given pocket money and their parents don't want to let them out of the house, which I get because crime rates are increasing, mm. criminals are getting younger, especially in and around London. Mm. Kids aren't having part-time jobs and their parents won't let them get part-time jobs. Mm. And they just think, but my friends have got all this cool new stuff. How do I get all this cool new stuff? Mm. I will t- send, sell pictures of my feet. Especially when the parents like are the same. Um, Especially when the parents are the same. Oh no, I won't work those extra weeks because my benefits will those extra hours because my benefits will get cut. Mm. What example is that? Yeah, yeah. I think it's that loss of collective values, like we spoke in the beginning, that we don't have a collective goal anymore. Created vacuum. In the past, we're not hundred percent united, but no. they knew we want to make a better world for our children. We have a goal of improving the situation whatever the the struggle they had at the time people had ambition mm. and people had a common goal i think it is a linked to the loss of christian values and i think that a common ground mm. allows a thriving society if you're all working towards the same goal where in christianity you're all working towards yeah. getting to heaven living a good just fair life loving everybody that's the messages of christianity then you're all collectively working on that together of course, it's not going to be perfect because we're not, you know, we're not living in a utopia. It is understood in society that that's the goal of life. You want a better future. Mm. You want to, you know, do things that are impactful, like you were saying, that are going to stay for a longer time, that are beneficial to more people, not just myself and not just my immediate circles. And you want to be ambitious and create UT. You want to be ambitious and create science and progress. We've lost that because w- there is no common value anymore. Mm. There are as many values as there are people, as many truths as there are people. I think sometimes when we're in discussion, we forget that when we say the same word like truth to everybody, it means something different and they have a different idea. And that wasn't the case in the past. And I think that's something that we're going to have to overcome because there can only be one truth. So which one is it? You can't have 6,985 truths in one room. There's only we live, one. Unfortunately, there's we live in an era where this postmodernism so mm. this is the era that everything's relative and there I is think, no individual yeah. truth on anything but i think that's I something think we're gonna have to overcome in order to to come back to that community you, community and, yeah. and kind of building things i think it's about community yeah. i think you feel much more resourceful and resilient if you feel like you have people behind you supporting you and so if you don't have much confidence because you haven't been challenged, 
if you feel like these people are there to catch me if I fall, you might be more likely to try something that you're scared of doing. You have people there to catch you if, if you fall, but also you have the responsibility likewise towards them. If they fall, you're there to catch them. So it kind of keeps both ends engaged and motivated. We've lost There's that. There's meaning there because you're yeah. like, I have a role to play in the community. And yeah, I think exactly. if you go, if you feel lonely and you feel alone, don't go on OnlyFans because you're only fulfilling that prophecy. You're only going on to another lonely, atomized endeavor, which then pushes this further in our society. Let's all try and come back together. People are lost and confused and lonely, and they're looking for that meaning in the wrong places. That's I all don't it is. tell a five-year-old it can do whatever it wants when it wants and see how happy it is. Yeah. Mm. <laughs> and I think that's where we should park think, it today. Yeah, human beings need structure. Human beings and need have structure, and also. It's a, it's not, it's a bit of a cynical way to live to think that I have no responsibility to anyone else because that also means you don't think you have any value or, or you don't matter to anyone else. You can't contribute to anything. Yeah. Right. Well, that's that, that for was, today. That yeah. was fun. That was fun. <laughs> I feel like I've been on a long run. <laughs> Out of breath. See you next time. Bye. Bye.